the express. Welcome back, everybody. This is Mason here at the Express Podcast. I just want to thank you all again for listening. Um, we are loving the support. Um, we are trying to get back to everybody that is reaching out to us. So thank you for continuing to listen. And if you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button and subscribe to us so that way you are able to get any new episode that we put out. Uh, today, we are going to discuss fear. Um, if you have 30 minutes, this is a great 30-minute listen for you all. Um, we're going to discuss fear, what it looks like, how it manifests itself, um, what are the fears for our uh, Express podcast crew, and how do we handle them. So um, make sure you all take a listen to it. The reason that I kind of wanted to talk about this today, or it's been, uh, I guess, a topic is... I was listening to somebody, I can't really remember who it was, and they were talking about uh, fear. And I started thinking about our podcast, and I started thinking about, you know, how we've kind of talked about fear, but we've never really dove into it. And, you know, I think a lot of times when we're talking about fear, we're talking about the fear of the unknown. We've talked about the fear of, like, you know, getting sick at one point, the fear of, you know, just not being able to do your daily routine and how that's changed. But I do not think that we have specifically addressed not only some of our fears, but how we cope with that. And a lot of the listeners have been kind of like they want the stuff that they really enjoy is when we give our own little take on it. And like kind of make it personal to them. So I kind of wanted to dive into just not only what do we think fear is, but kind of make it a little more personal and maybe some of what what do you fear? What does that look like? How do you handle it? All three of us and just kind of address that. You know, the question of what is fear? Um, I think there's kind of two meanings of it. I think they're like when someone says, well, what are you fearful of or what are you scared of? I think the first part is, you know, you talk about stuff that scares you where it's like, you know, snakes or whatever. Like that's, I, I, I say there's like an external and an internal. internal right. Yeah. So, you know, if you're talking about something like fear, like what, like what do you fear? Well, it's not that necessarily I don't, that I fear snakes. It's that I don't like snakes or, I don't fear spiders, but I prefer not to come in contact. If I come in contact with a snake, it's on, on site. But what I'm saying is that the deeper root of fear is something that I think is constructed in your brain. And I think that it has a lot to do with sometimes lack of confidence, uh, lack of preparation, um, and just, you know, the idea of maybe you're stepping out of your comfort zone and that causes you to fear something. Um, I think that there's a lot of levels to it and I think it applies to different people in different ways. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's, de I mean, 100% a mental thing, but it's like, we've talked about it before. Your brain is like a defense mechanism for keeping you alive and keeping you safe. So whenever say you're scared of heights or something, you just, and it like goes back to the visualization thing, but in the negative way, like you visualize like, so much fear and so you get it so worked up in your head and then by the time you do it you're kind of just like 
oh, that really wasn't that bad. But beforehand, you can like hardly breathe because your brain's telling you, hey, don't go up there because something bad could happen. Yeah. What do you think, D? What I think the fear that we're talking about is more uh, of like the fear of failure, fear of not being enough, fear of uh, whatever your insecurities are, fear of not being perfect. Like we're not necessarily talking about like, well, I'm scared of, you know, heights, right. Um, Because, because those things usually aren't holding us back from, becoming our best self uh it's the fear of the other things the more intrinsic things that are what kind of hold us back and and i guess the first thing that i'll say is is to me fear is not real uh and the quicker that you can kind of grasp that and take that and run with it i feel like the better off you'll be because fear is 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 your brain it's 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 just thoughts like it's a it's a false thing that your brain has created to try and prevent you from doing something um fear often fear often causes us to not think rationally fear makes us ultimately become a fight or flight like kind of puts us in this state of mind where we're not putting forth our best like effort mentally. Um, and I think that the, the quicker that we can kind of say, all right, in this moment, do I feel fearful? Yeah. Well, the quicker we can like breathe through it and convince ourselves that that fear is really just an illusion, then we can actually like make some steps forward. But if you consistently allow fear to dictate and control what you see, how you feel, what you think, then you're going to be held down and chained by it. You know what I mean? And as soon as you can break through like that liberating feeling of getting through it, uh, really, really kind of like double vaults you to another level. Well, it's one of those things of, you know, doing something that makes you uncomfortable, right? Like if you're feel f- fearful of something, then more times than not, it's going to make you uncomfortable. But when you get done with it, that's that liberating feeling of I was uncomfortable. I did it. I nutted up and did it. And it really wasn't even that bad. Is there a difference between being fearful and nervous? Yeah. All right. Well, like in what way? For me, like being nervous, being nervous, like there's moments like in games or whatever, you can be nervous about, play or nervous about and it bad or nervous about something not fearful of i'm just like a little like to me nervous nervous maybe more of like the physical feeling feeling, like biological feeling whereas the fear is more of the mental piece um but i wouldn't say that you can you can kind of look at it both ways that that nerves come from fear but nerves are also oftentimes just kind of like a a pre-existing like response like if i'm going up for a bed i'm like man i'm a little nervous right now but then as soon as i get up there all that goes away you know what i mean so i mean fear to me normally is something that kind of holds on to you a little bit more than the nerves may yeah i agree with that I, I think nerves is more just like an on-edge feeling type deal and then when you're like 
truly fearful of something that can feel like like a crumbling type of mentality like you know I hated public speaking for a long long time and there'd be times like I would literally debate like skipping class because I knew how to like give a presentation that day or something like that like and that wasn't like I thought I was just going to get up there and just like everyone's going to laugh at me and like all this stuff goes back to a fear of a few things but and then you do it and it literally is like over in you know four minutes right but to you those four minutes feel like an hour <laughs> yeah but then you get done and you sit down you're like oh yeah I could do that again I wish I could do it again because I just <laughs> shanked it because so I was so being, nervous does being nervous like does that lead to you becoming more fearful you see what I'm saying I or think it is it the opposite way around like if you're fearful I guess it could be both if you're fearful of something when you're about to do that act you become nervous but it also could be you know if you are nervous about whatever it may be if you're nervous about having to go to class and speak and then when you get to class you become fearful or does it just trigger that fearful memory i guess that's kind of the interesting little dynamic of it because yeah. i feel like they both kind of go hand in hand um so because you know dan's you feel like fear is made up which i'm i'm totally i'm totally with you um i do believe that when you start fearing something that is like something that you are putting into your brain but do you still become fearful to an extent of certain things in life absolutely i mean to sit there and say that you're going to go through life and not be fearful yeah, even if you even if you see fear, something that's not real, something that's kind of made up or an illusion, you're still going to have moments where you're fearful of certain things, whether that's, uh, you know, just fearful of, like you said, the unknown, fearful of what's going to come next, or um, fearful that, you know, I'm not going to be enough when the game of baseball or whatever, you know, like there's there, those times pop up because fear often to me gets generated from like, uh, almost like the, the father of lies is what I'll call it. You know, like, um, we're all three of us here, you know, big believers and stuff. And God is somebody that obviously presents truth and not that there's some fear that doesn't come with that because, you know, like even Moses was kind of like, Hey, yo God, like you about this like i'm scared that you're asking me to do this well think about noah oh like my man he's the og no. conspiracy theorist you know what i mean like <laughs> uh, and i think that the biggest thing is for us what a lot of the fear boils down to is what other people are gonna think because okay. The reason I say that is because, like Mitch just said, he was fearful of public speaking, and part of that came with, like, he thought the people were just going to, like, laugh at him when he got up there, or um, somebody saying that they're fearful they might might not be enough because they think that their peers will judge them for their actions or judge them for what they say, and oftentimes that how other people would look at us or judge us comes into our mind with, whatever decision it is that we're making. Um, I don't really have examples for that, but I think a lot of people can relate to that feeling of like, 
I'm fearful of this. And I'm also scared of what these people are going to think or say about me after this happens or after I do this presentation or this meeting or after I go hit, you know? Right. Uh, so that, that's, that's part of it for me. I, I want to like almost debunk fear a little bit. Like we were talking about fear for me is not, is not real. Mm -hmm. um, and why it's so important that the brain and like the mental component is far more superior than the physical component. Just because I think that, like we just said, when you get fearful, I mean, most people can already imagine something in their mind of an event where they were fearful and your palms will start to get a little bit sweaty. You know, your breath starts to shorten up a little bit and you feel like the world around you is going a little bit faster than it was before. Um, and I just think that in those moments, it's so important to really like breathe. And I know that we've talked about this so many times and probably it's like being a dead horse, but um, there's like a quick little tool that you can use. And it's like the whole breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. Well, if you do it six times, um, really breathe in through your nose really big. And then when you blow out, like you're blowing in a straw, like you're blowing in a straw. If you do that six times, it like it resets the body or something like, yeah, like it like does something with your brain where it gets you back into like your present, uh, frame of mind. So, and it like really slows your heartbeat down. It kind of can allows you to gain control again over your brain and, and not having it dictate, you know, having that fear dictate what it is that you're seeing or how you're seeing or hearing and all those kinds of things. So that's like the first start for me in fear is understanding what you can do to combat it yeah. when those certain situations happen. Cause it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. And it's probably when you're doing the breathing technique, you're just giving your brain oxygen and kind of slowing your body down and your heartbeat down. And you're kind of saying, Hey, like, let's take a second here. You know, let's, let's slow down. It's going to be okay. Um, but I, I do think fear is just something that, you know, a lot of people really struggle with. Um, and I think part of it is people try to control stuff that they have no control over, like the opinions of others or, what somebody else is going to do or somebody else's problem or whatever it may be. And they put that on themselves and that contributes to whatever fear that they are feeling, if that makes sense, which, you know, you can't control everything, which goes back to, you know, our faith of the plans already decided. It's not in my control. If I cannot control it, then I don't need to be fearful of it or really put my brain around it. But that's kind of hard to do um, in everyday life, I would say. What are, and I kind of want to dive into this, what are some of the things that we are fearful fearful of? Um, you know, mine's not, I can go first if you all want me to, it doesn't matter. Um, but mine isn't necessarily, like I'm not fearful of something 
or something happened to me or anything like that. I'm more fearful of like a, a lifestyle, I guess. You want, you want me to go first? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, so, yeah, you already started. Well, <laughs> like, yeah, keep rolling. I'm feeling it. My fear, and I heard this story, and it ever since I've uh, heard this story, it has kind of changed the way that I have lived my life. And it comes from um, Ray Lewis's book. And Ray tells this story about how he wants to be, you know, like his biggest fear. And he talks about, he tells this story of, you know, he says, well, my biggest fear is this. And he says, essentially, I envision myself uh, after I pass away and after I die and I go to heaven and I'm sitting there at the gates, right? And so they're kind of doing roll call. Coach Hines is checking them in. Check them in. Check them in, coach. And they're kind of, you know, they're going through, they're making sure everybody's squared away. And then I get up to the front of the line, right? So I've been waiting there. And he looks at me and he goes, uh, doctor, um, father of four, um, devoted Christian man, great father. And I go, um, I was one of those things. Like I, I was, I was a dad. He goes, you weren't, I said, but that's, that's not me. And he goes, you're right. That's who you were supposed to be. That is like my biggest fear is that when my time is up and this is pretty deep when my time is up, I have not accomplished the things that I was set here to do. And like, I've fell short. And so like people always ask me, like I had somebody yesterday tell me like, dude, your drive is incredible. And that's because I don't, I'm terrified that I'm just going to be like, life is short. I think a lot of people listen to this and you all know someone can be taken from you in a second in a second and they're gone and you have no control over that. Right. If for something, something were to happen to me tomorrow and I, and I were to pass away my time, my story would have a period. It would be an end. And I'm terrified that when that happens, I'm not going to have maximized my time here on earth to where I've done what I'm supposed to be doing. Now, I don't know if you all feel like that, but ever since I read that story out of his book, I was like, holy smokes. Like, am I doing everything I can in the day to get done what I need to get done? And like every time, like when I text you all, I was like, what, 425 or something like that this morning? When I text you all asking something like that. Something like I, that. Didn't, I didn't look at the clock, brother. Well, brother, you had you were busy last night doing uh, walk-off things. But like when I get up in the morning and I'm like, man, I don't want to get up. That is exactly what I think about. Like, am I going to do what I need to do? Now, when you're trying to, when you're looking at my fear and you're trying to like debunk it, okay, can I control everything that I'm really fearful of? No. But what, what can I do when it goes back to our process of like the one thing I can make sure that whatever I'm doing today make like makes me a day better or a percent better of, Hey, like you are accomplishing these things that, you know, in my brain, I feel like I've been sent here to do. And if I do that, then I should be good. But that is like one of my biggest fears. I don't know if you will have comments on that. Well, or, I think it just taps into like finding your motivation right and that is my motivation right you know tapping into that and that's what gets you to go stretch outside your comfort zone and the drive to get you up out of bed every morning it's it's finding 
what clicks for you, you know, and that story clicked for you. Yeah. What are, what are some of, what is, what's yours? I'd say for me, it's like, just like, I guess you could call it like, uh, you know, fear of maybe not being good enough or, you know, cause like my whole profession now is, you know, making clothes and hats and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, you know, three years ago I was graduating with the sports management degree. Like I can't draw. I don't know how to use Photoshop or Adobe illustrator or anything like that. So it's like I get into this circumstance where basically it is fight or flight, but then, you know, you, you see a little success, you see a little down. Um, but I think it, for me, it's just like, you know, why, why me? Like, like I said, I don't have, I didn't have any of the skills to do this. So it's like getting, clicking into that confidence of why not me? You know what I'm saying? So it's like, why don't I desert? Like if I put in the work and I figure X, Y, and Z out and I make it happen, like why can't I be a clothing line designer? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's just battling with that. Like if I drop something and it doesn't turn out the way, you know, I don't get the love that I think, but it's like at the end of the day, it's like, I'm like doing this for me in a sense. Like if I think it's dope, and people don't rock with it, then it's like, whatever, bro. Like, I thought it was cool. I I like it. So, and then you do some stuff, and you're like, I don't think it's that cool. And then it gets all the love. So, it's like, kind of like just being yourself. And people will take it at that. Like, take it or leave it, you know. But, like, I don't need to go away from who I am just to try to appease others. If that makes sense. Yeah, kind of it, just rambling. And I th- no, I think that you being in the position that you are, making the clothes and merch that you do, you really do have to trust your process and yourself and your vision, because it's not like you know, in the beginning of all things loyal, the market that we were selling to was nothing like it is right now yeah we went from selling what would you all say probably marietta atlanta based i mean yeah to now i mean at least atlanta themed atlanta themed yeah but i would say most of our market was either a our friends and family or b just people that follow dance big i remember us dropping the uh instagram account and being ecstatic that we reached a thousand followers and we're like dude like what like and yeah. now you're at 20 close to 25 close to 25k which it's kind of like it's kind of growing and growing and growing so that's telling you that your 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 message is expanding but it is crazy and for you to sit there and design clothes you know anybody can say that's whack or you should have done this or you should have done that but that's not what and i'd say too it kind of goes back to like when we were talking about mindset and like you know those negative thoughts, you know, it's like 10 positive thoughts to one negative thought, you know what I'm saying? So like, right. I'll get 10 comments like, Oh, this is fire, fire, fire. And then I'll get one that's like, yo, this, this is kind of bunk. And then it's like, that's the only one I fixate on. And then it goes, clicks into that fearful shit of like, may 
like maybe it is, maybe I don't know what I'm doing, but X, Y, and Z. But it's kind of focusing on, I'm working on focusing on doing it for me, do what I think is dope. Cause then at the end of the day, if I think it's cool, it's like, you know, who, who cares? Like, well, you're just confident in your product. Yeah. Dan's, what about you? Man, I, I feel like I battled, uh, a lot of like fears of not being perfect fears of uh not being enough uh the fear of just like not being successful not being living up to who i thought i was supposed to be i mean all those different fears basically line up to the one thing of like i was fearful that i wouldn't measure up basically to whoever's standards people watching the games the front office my family my friends mal like anybody and everybody like I was fearful that I would never measure up and that's I've really been trying to combat that lately with um I've just set out to like really connect with who I believe I'm meant to be um we've talked about that some before uh really diving in on like allowing God to show me who I am and just become that person more and more every day uh, whether that's becoming like a leader, becoming somebody that loves on his people, that allows you know God's light to shine through him, and if each day if I'm if I'm putting attention onto that, then everything else will take care of itself, and uh, that you know God's glory and everything shine through me, you know, to help expand His kingdom and all those things. Like putting that as my main perspective each day has really allowed me to kind of push those fears to the side because I'm not doing it for what people around me are going to think or how they're going to judge me because I'm only being judged by one, you know? And so uh, that's where I've kind of put my focus and energy and that's made a big difference for me being able to kind of like ease the tension and ease the like, the the tent like the the fear of not being good enough you know and so um it's, it's not that i'm perfect at it and i'll revert back to it some but for the most part it's helped me a lot so that's kind of where i put my energy and focus i was just gonna say i mean it goes back to being consistent like there you have to work on this stuff every day mm-hmm. like the mental aspect like you know you work out every day your body starts to change same thing with the mental like you need to work on it every single day to start to get the changes that you ultimately want to see like you can't just think about lifting weights and then not lift them and expect your body to change yeah you know what i'm saying the weights don't lift themselves yeah same thing with the head your as dansby said your your mental state and that muscle up there, I mean, that controls everything. Everything. Everything that you do. From blinking your eyes to forming thoughts. Like, you have to strengthen that thing. And you have to get it, you know, the necessary amount of sleep, the necessary amount of water, the necessary amount of food. Well, I was going to say, I mean, it, it's essentially a, a muscle. Yeah, it's, it is a muscle. Yeah. And you got you have to treat it right because the second you don't, it like, notices. Yes. Like if you're talking, if you have not had enough water, I experienced this yesterday at football practice with like four players. They go, 
I have a headache. Have you had have you had well, enough water today? How much Coca-Cola you drink this morning? Yeah, have you had enough water today? And they go, no. And I'm like, well, the first thing that your body does is it pulls from your brain. Yep. And that's why you have a headache. So you need to go drink water. And if you're if you're already thirsty, then you're already dehydrated. Yeah, you're already behind. You're already behind. You're behind the game. And so you have to treat your body like as you know, as we say it jokingly all the time, my body's my temple. You got to treat it as such because if you do not exercise your brain, if you do not exercise your your other muscle groups, your body's just going to feel terrible. Yeah, I'm experiencing that right now. Why is that? Well, I kind of treated my body like shit over the weekend and i've just been like dude like drain like saturday was my homie's birthday so obviously when like talk off during the day like went to a nice dinner and then drink a little bit after so like even that was saturday bro and i'm Getting still old. i'm still like, bro like well, i i think I, I was like texting emily this morning i was like dude i don't know what's happening like i'm not like tired per se i just feel like just like my Bad. body's drained yeah it's because i just I don't think I had one glass of water on Saturday. That's that's like, you know, we're not out here to not experience things. You know what I'm saying? So, like, obviously I knew the repercussions of my actions from Saturday. Correct. But at the end of the day, I did enjoy myself on Saturday. I had a great experience. My homie's birthday was a blast, and I hope he had fun too. But I'm dealing with the consequences of it, but now it's how do you – recover how do you it's different get back into that element and it could take you like yeah i mean it's tuesday right now and i i this was from saturday and it could take you almost a week i mean i'm still like and like that's what goes back to the consistency of the routine type like i monday i was essentially a wash bro like I, i slept in I woke up, I, you know, was trying to do certain things to kind of click that back into action of me getting back into the mode that I'm usually in. And it just wasn't there. Yeah. Like it just wasn't there. I didn't work out, tried to do some stuff with work to kind of click back into just my daily routine. And it just wasn't clicking. And some days are like that, you know, like. Well, that's what, I mean, you're not going to go through your entire life of, going to bed Having at good day 8 30 and waking up at six yeah. I mean, it's just not going to happen yeah so you definitely have to have a little give and take but quick little recap for everybody that we're talking about with fear i think the biggest thing is number one you got to be confident in yourself and what you're doing so your creation of fear stems from your inability to tell your brain that you are able to do whatever task that you are set out to do or that you're trying to do. Um, and if you do get into a situation of fear or where fear is taking over and nervousness or the jitters or your palms are sweating or whatever it may be and your start, your heart rate is really racing, you got to slow down and you got to take a second. You have to breathe. You have to control your body and it's going to be all right. But until, and it's a hard thing to, I get it. It's a hard thing to do. Like every time I feel like we talk to somebody about, controlling their actions or their fears they say yeah well you know it's easier said than done and i totally understand that it is (laughs) yeah yeah, but but what i also understand is 
you're going to just continue to say it until you do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like until you get out there and run, you're just, oh yeah, like, uh, you know, I, I mean, was. You just work it up in your head, you know, it's like, yeah, I can't, there's no way I can go out there and run a mile. It's like, well. You can. Y- you're never going to do it if and you then, don't try. Then you go, oh, well, I'll be too slow. It doesn't matter. That mile is a mile. Yeah. You know? And you can't say that you can't if you never go at least try. Try when and you then, physically have the ability to. You know what I mean? So you got to stay calm. You got to control what you can control. Live a little. Live a little. And everything's going to work out. Yep. Get better day by day. 1% at a time. 1%. NBA playoffs are back. Dansby had a walk off. Dansby had a walk off. Last night. More importantly, Melo versus Braun. And Dame Dollar's just been eating, bro. Dame has been eating. Yeah. Boy, uh, D-Mitch hooped yesterday too how many did he have 57 because of sheesh 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 lakers and every game are so every series is seven games i think so i don't know maybe trying to make that tv money yeah lakers are gonna win it all six uh big 10 might bring back football oh messy c boy schedule came out so we're we're playing i don't think i don't think they're i don't know we want bama (laughs) <laughs> the one day I'm like they're gonna cancel, and then the next day I'm like they don't care. I don't think Big Ten comes back. Big Ten? I don't think. I don't know if the only way I could see it coming back is if number one, it's gonna take Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, and Wisconsin. In my brain, maybe Michigan State because old Sparty. Yeah. And they're gonna have to come out and they're gonna say number one. Almost like we're demanding to play. And then number two, most importantly, they're going to have some sort of safe action plan and say, hey, this is how we're going to prevent it. This is how we're going to control it. This is our safety plan. Yeah. And the Big Ten's well, going to have almost, to agree with that. It's almost too, and I hope this is not the case. At least like the Big Ten went ahead and like the players are upset, but they know they're not playing. Like the SEC hasn't really like, I mean, the schedules come out and they, plan on playing but i think there's i think it's almost it's written in pencil yeah like these players could be you know doing all the work and stuff and then you know one outbreak at one school and then boom yeah and i think that's kind of the concern at the well in the state of georgia ghsa they're not gonna i don't think they're gonna cancel but do or don't i don't yeah i i don't know i just feel like there's too much money they want their dues you know they're they're just not going to do it. And I, what I do think they'll do is that they're just going to they're just going to put it on the county. So if Cobb County wants to cancel, okay, well it wasn't GHSA. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of like the SEC is kind of like that right now. Like if the NCAA came out and said everything's canceled, but they're not going to do that. No, they don't. And the SEC, they don't want to do it either. I mean, it makes sense. Think about how much money. But the what people are not talking about is. How much money is going to cost you to run your program with all the things you have to do? Yeah, I guess it just outweighs. I guess money coming in outweighs all that. It's got. It's got to. I mean, that, you could say that for baseball and basketball. And I saw baseball. They're thinking about uh, a bubble playoff system. Really? But like uh, MLB. Yeah, they're talking about doing uh, 
but like in three cities. So like three bubbles or something like that. But have them come together. I mean, it's, I mean, because they see how the NBA is working and mm-hmm. MLS worked and. Yep. I don't know if the NHL is in a bubble. Are they in a bubble? I don't know, but that's full. <laughs> but essentially, go. however, though, I mean, there's enough money in baseball, but they're all stingy as hell with it. But it's, I mean, double or triple what the NBA is doing because you got three instead of one. Yeah. So the expenses. Is just I could definitely see that. But anyways, thank you all for listening. Don't be fearful. Don't be fearful. One day at a time. Keep it moving. Or if you are, let's just work on it. One day at a time. Yes, sir. Better together. One moment at a time. Yes, sir. Hey, you're...